Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. It is episode 23. I am your coach, your host, George Evian. I appreciate you listening. We say this at the start of every episode, but anything you can do to help amplify and socialize these podcasts is always appreciated. If you see it on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever you consume content, and this happens to be, if you could please just like, share, or respond or comment or whatever it's called on your any platform you're listening to is always appreciated. I uh, want to jump into it. It's been a week or so since I've put an episode out. I've uh, been busy with a whole bunch of things going on at, uh, with my day job, uh, but really wanted to get back into this today. Wanted to get back into LinkedIn and note-taking and motivational things and coming up with bullet items here in front of me in my planner of what I could challenge myself to do in the month of May, which is now a couple days away, and and how the month of May can be better than April and how I can not lose speed and momentum and progress on my 2023, right? It's easy right now to really kind of throw in the towel, revert back to old ways, lose sight of focus and goals and ambitions and progress and objectives and just, you know, kind of slide back into things. And that's kind of where I'm at, just to be honest with you. I looked at my wife yesterday and just said, man, I'm down. Uh, you know, I'm down. I don't know why I'm, um, you know, it was just kind of down yesterday and didn't want to do anything. She forced me to go for a walk. I wanted it to be a short walk, meaning I wanted to go to the mailbox and back. She made me go around uh, the neighborhood on a loop, um, you know, and, and was very much against that. And then I sent her a note today and said, Hey, I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to get my mind straight. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to be excited and great things are going to happen. And I was ready for her to be home at noon. She's at the office today. I said, I wish you were home so we could go on a, on a walk this afternoon. So, um, but there's always ups and downs, right? We've uh, seen this meme or whatever it is of what our uh, objectives are in terms of progress to success. And it's this nice vertical climb without any bumps or hangups or hiccups along the way to success when, and then the other picture is, you know, things going up and down and potholes and, you know, ticking, ticking bombs and things of that nature that, um, towards the path of success. And, um, that's really where I want to start today. Um, I had a friend, uh, Justin shy, who's been on the, epi- uh, been on the podcast, uh, uh, maybe 10 or so episodes ago, sent me a text this morning and it was a link to Twitter. We subscribe to probably all the same Twitter stuff and he gets to it a little bit quicker than I do. But as we, I was scrolling through Twitter or even last night, um, you know, last night the NBA playoffs are going on. And, and um, again, I always say this for every episode cause there's always a sports story to all this. Right. And, and then, then we take the sports stories and analogies and perspective. And we tie it into what we're doing professionally. We tie it into how we parent, how we lead and how we uh, build our professional teams. Um, and this is a great lesson and I absolutely love this. Uh, Justin sent me this note this morning and then I, uh, immediately responded back and said, that is the content and the uh, story that I will be telling on my podcast today. Yesterday, uh, the night game, I believe, cause I didn't really see any of it. I was watching, I believe the uh, Memphis and Lakers game last night and that the, maybe the night, there were four games on yesterday or last night. And the night game was the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. And Miami's up three games to one. And you could say that maybe Milwaukee blew it in game four. Uh, they had an opportunity. They were up 14 in the fourth quarter and they had an opportunity to go up uh, or at least, I'm sorry, tie the series two to two heading back to Milwaukee, which was last night. 
maybe could have won that, and then they'd be up 3-2 with a closeout game in Miami. So a lot of good things, right, if you're a Milwaukee fan. But they end up losing down in Miami in game four. They're up 14 in the start to fourth or 16 or 17 or something like that. They end up losing. And then they go back to Milwaukee, and they play last night. And that game goes to overtime. They're up two with a couple seconds left, and they end up blowing it uh, on an out-of-bounds play uh, that Miami threw up, uh, a great play, uh, threw up to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler finishes with over 40, and he hits a shot at the buzzer on a great out-of-bounds play to send the game to overtime, and then they end up winning. So that's the background to all this. If you are not a sports person, there's going to be plenty of sports stories, and I apologize, but we do tie this back to you and your team's so just kind of stick with me a little bit. After the game, the Milwaukee Bucks best player, Giannis Antetokounmpo from Greece, um, won an NBA championship, first time in 50-some years that the Bucks won a championship in 2021. And he is, you know, in the running every year, it seems these days, uh, to be an MVP candidate. And uh, he's in the top three this year. I think the convert, he's probably third in people's eyes between Joel Embiid and uh, uh, Jokic, who plays for Denver, and then Giannis, who's in Milwaukee. So those are probably the top three. So Giannis is he, he is the guy. They have built the entire franchise around Giannis and how they draft and uh, how they do free agency and the style of play. Everything's really built around Giannis. But here's the here's the point to get to this, and that's the background to all this. So Giannis is sitting there in his street clothes, you know, and he's had time to kind of, and there's got to be a fresh, you know, there is. Not that there's got to be. There is an absolute frustration. They are, keep in mind, I didn't say this as part of the background. They are the number one seed in the, in the Eastern Conference, meaning they're the best. They won, I believe, 56 games. So in Boston, uh, you know, Boston was two or Philly was two, but, uh, but the Bucks were number one. And they are playing the eight seed. So if you don't know sports, one is the best and eight is the worst in terms of teams making the playoffs. They always take the worst team to make the playoffs and they play the best team. And this is the fourth time, I believe, in the history of the NBA that a one seed has lost to an eight seed in the first round of the playoffs. So it's only happened four or so times. So Giannis is sitting there, you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it may be, 20 minutes after the game, and he's asked this question. Giannis, has this season been, in your eyes, a failure and he sighs and he puts his hands in his head and he looks at the guy and he says, and I'm not going to get all this verbatim. So I'm going to be going off of what, what they said. I've listened to it a number of times, but he looks at him and says, man, you asked me that last year, Eric, you asked me that same question last year, Eric. And he's frustrated and he sighs. And this is essentially what he says. He was like, there is, this is the exclamation point on what he said, and then we'll really get into the context of what he was saying and how you position that for you and your teams and even being down on July 26th and, not, and just wanting to go to, for a walk to the mailbox. He essentially said, as the exclamation point, there are no failures in sport. They're all stepping stones and blocks towards success, towards your wins. There are no failures. So he looks at it that way. And then his com he had a number of comments about this. And the, the one that maybe if you've seen this clip, the one that you would remember the most is 
Jordan won six NBA championships in however many years. Does that in 15 years? Six championships in 15 years. So his comment is, do those other nine by Jordan, are those failures? Are those failing seasons in your eyes? And I think he asked the guy, tell me what you think. And I, you, his answer was uh, inaudible. You couldn't hear what he said. And I'm sure he said no. Because of Giannis's reaction, I think he said, no, those aren't failures. They're not failures. Jordan's the greatest player of all time. It's almost indisputable. And he, lost, he won six times and lost nine. Those are building blocks of what it takes. And, and the, the, the thing that we say to our athletes that we work with and the things that we say professionally, we just had this conversation an hour ago without this, these exact words. There are no failures. There's only learning. And we say that over and over again. There's no failures. There's only learning. There's only growth. There's only retrospective. There's only action items. There's only a discussion on ways to get better. There's only recalibrating your goals so you go from confidence and um, progress and um, something that you can achieve and achievement from delusion. Well, we've talked about that, the difference of delusion, right? If you're sitting there and you haven't made the playoffs and you have these goals, dreams, and ambitions of winning an NBA championship and you're delusional, like he said this, and I really liked this. And, and this is a coaching moment for me and a teaching moment for me. And I've got to figure out how to consume this comment in their locker room. And the, and the Pistons used to do this. When the Pistons won an NBA championship in whatever year it was, it could have been 2005, something like that. They beat Kobe Bryant. And what they had on the marquee inside the court, I don't know if it's called a marquee, on the, on the board that kind of parallels the court. There's a board there that typically has advertising and all this. What they had for the Pistons that year was the numbers 1 through 16. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way to 16. At the conclusion of every win, Ben Wallace, they had many star players. Ben Wallace would grab spray paint and he would cross off 16, 15, 14. And those numbers equated to the amount of wins it takes to win an NBA championship. Four series, best of four, best of seven, need four wins. And so you need 16 wins to win an NBA championship. The Bucs had the same thing, but it was in their locker room. They had a countdown. Now they only got to 15. So they got to 16. They took one off. Now it's at 15 more wins to an NBA championship. And now it's over. So his comment was this. He goes, we have these numbers in the locker room in this countdown to an NBA championship. We were thinking about a championship. They were thinking about winning a ball game. So we were looking at all of it and focused on all of it. They were focused on one game. Now, where the coaching for me in there is, man, I do look at the long term. I look at it. This is what this is going to look like. I, I would like to think I do this. This is me, I guess, justifying and uh, 
rationalizing, I guess, in my own mind, how I think about things. I do want to know what the championship is at everything I do, what I'm doing professionally. I also try to stay focused on the day, the sprint, the release, the PI, the quarter, the, the you know, I already said release, like those things, right? The year and getting locked in on the game and not the championship. But I want to know what it takes. Now, I don't know if we have countdowns in my mind to what it takes to win a championship as opposed to, hey, I just want to get this sale done today. I need 17 sales to win a championship this month. I need to sell 17 cars. Shit, I'm stuck on fifth. I'm, I'm stuck on 15. Instead, you know what? I've got these prospects, these clients, these people coming in today, and I'm just going to win the day. So to quote Ben Newman, the guy that I've been listening to a lot that I would love to have on the show. He's a local St. Louis in here. I did a podcast on him where he came and talked to our basketball team and win the day. Figure out your, we said this the other day. It's I'm stealing all this stuff from Ben Newman. Now we talked about now we go, Hey, it takes 16 wins to win an NBA championship. These are the strategies, tactics, habits, rituals, routines, and all this other garbage that we have to get there. Now we go, but now we focus on this game, this possession, this quarter, this series, this TV timeout, like whatever it is, this is what we focus on. So it was a great point by Giannis. He was like, we got way too far out in front of ourselves and didn't stay focused on the present, didn't stay focused on today. And didn't stay focused on the possession, the quarter, the game, each other, etc. The prep, the pregame work. You get what you deserve. You get what you tolerate. You get what you think about. You get what you emphasize. All that sort of stuff. And the focus should always be on the next win. Not the next 16 wins, possibly. Right? Kind of talking to myself here. Right? So I thought that was really good. But then it's this idea of like, what, what's the story that you tell yourself? Is everything a failure if you don't get your goal? Is everything a failure if you didn't get the client? Is everything a failure if you didn't get the sale? If you didn't sell the car, sell the shoes, release the product on time? Is everything a failure? Should you just be admonished and ridiculed and on Twitter and all that? Or do you just sit there with a, a leadership mindset? Now, keep in mind, Giannis is the leader of that group. Keep in mind that the NBA is a player's league. The players win. They, they, they need Giannis. That program without him goes into another 50-year slump of not winning an NBA championship without somebody like him. So he, he wins and he's the leader. He's the face, <clears throat> not only of just that program and organization, but pr probably the NBA, or at least one of, obviously one of the faces of the NBA. So he's out up front. What do you say? What do you say? Do you say it's a failure? Do you say this is ridiculous? Do you say all the problems? Like, do you throw the coach, the GM, the management, the league, your teammates, all that? Or do you say, listen, 
This is all part of the process of being great and being successful. And winning is hard. Winning is difficult. Being the best is difficult. There's a great, great, great tweet today that I've seen many times, and it wasn't just today. It was a long time ago, and I'm not even going to attempt to get it. I'll, I'll subtly attempt to get the context of it. I will not try to say everything about it, but it's just this idea that this college football coach has about winning. Winning doesn't care anything about you, man. Being the best, being great, getting what you feel you deserve. Winning doesn't care. I've got a book in front of me called Winning, right in front of me. Winning by Tim Grover. It's his second book. The first one's called Relentless. Winning doesn't care what you did yesterday. Winning doesn't care what trophy you have from last season, last session. Winning doesn't care if you care want to state. Winning doesn't care that the Bucks won it in 2021. Winning doesn't care what they did yesterday. Winning is what you do today. And then winning's going to forget when you're asleep. Winning's going to forget what you did. And you got to wake up every day, to quote Ben Newman again, every damn day. So do you stand up there and make excuses and blame and all this? Or do you just say, hey, one, do you own it yourself? Do you sit there with everybody when you're the face or even when you're not? You know, they're not going to bring role players up there, but in your world, man, you own everything. I love this story and I apologize for, um, I, I get it. I get juiced up quite a bit doing these podcasts and the stories that I get throughout the week are really meaningful to me. Hopefully they're meaningful to you. We're playing a basketball game last week and we are playing a varsity basketball game, varsity. So we're dealing with like 11th and 12th graders. We also have an eighth grader playing who's good, not good, really good, really, really, really good and is going to be a phenomenal, unbelievable high school basketball player. Super excited about this kid. And we're playing this game, and somebody on the team, on the other team, somebody on the other team goes on like a 9-0 run by himself. He's a sophomore in high school, and we've got seniors and juniors and all this sort of stuff, and my eighth grader's out there playing. Not my kid. Many of you know I have an eighth grader. He's not my kid. And so we call a timeout and I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. And it's a summer league game and all this. It doesn't matter to me. Winning doesn't matter. Winning doesn't care what day it is. It was April 22nd or 21st or so. Winning doesn't care what day it is. You got to bring it every day, every possession, every moment, every game, every contest, every competitive environment. Winning doesn't care. Winning wants to know what you're doing now. And so it do, it's not good enough for me. It just isn't. So I call a timeout. And we had a lot of kids playing this game and they're all surrounding me. And I kind of let them have it a little bit. Not being locked in, not being focused, not caring, not being competitive, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't matter. We're teaching young men life skills. It doesn't matter that it's April. It matters that you're competing and trying to win and get better and to build a team. So chill out, man. It's April. No. And I start letting them have it. Hey, the sophomore over here that is a really good player has gone on a 9-0 run by himself against you all. And I kind of let him have it. Who's going to take care of this? Nobody says a word. Nobody. 
eighth grader in a world of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. So let's call it four years. This 14 year old tells a bunch of 18, 17 and 18 year olds and looks me in the eyes and says, I got them. I'll shut them down. I'll take care of it. And I was like, it's different. It's different from the people that have high hand standards, high expectations that take everything serious and that it all matters to them that they do it that way. And the eighth grader went out and checked them and shut them down. He had one miscue in this, after that, but did a great job. Why do I say that story? One, it popped into my mind. Two, it's the complete and absolute ownership, no matter what role, what age, what title, what responsibility you want, you have, and just getting the outcome we need and owning everything. He wasn't afraid to go guard somebody that nobody else would in order to win in April because nobody else would step up. Man. So complete and absolute ownership. I got off on a tangent there, but I like it. But I like it. So Giannis is owning it, right? He doesn't throw anybody under the bus or anything like that. And what he is essentially doing is he's telling everybody, it's not a failure. We're going to learn. These are steps in the building of our program and our organization. I'm throwing this in. He's only saying it's only a failure. If we don't learn, if we don't communicate, if we don't sit down and have a retrospective and really discuss what happened and why, and how can we get better? How can we make sure this doesn't happen again? All right. My boss that I is not even my boss. He's, he's kind of my boss. He's not my boss, but he is my boss. Right. Um, Things didn't go our way on certain things. Like the, the group I work with at work does an amazing job. Phenomenal job. They, they, it's, really, it's really something. Just watching people get better and get it to an elite status. Right? But it's the idea of uh, having a leader out front that doesn't allow complacency, that's always looking for ways to get better, can still celebrate, be a cheerleader, can still acknowledge and still make sure everybody's providing value and acknowledge for that value, but can still communicate in such a way that they are still challenged, still see areas for improvement and all that sort of stuff, right? So it's that that idea of, well, one, we just can't get complacent, right? So um but the whole thing with Giannis is like, and I, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. That there's all that it's not a failure. And we had some things. Here was my point: is we had some things go wrong. And one, we had a leader out in front of us saying, "Hey, I messed this up. I forgot this." Blah blah blah. Like, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's true or not. Like I'm talking about what happened professionally with, with the, one of the teams I work with. I don't know if that's true or not, but he took it. Probably got a lot of respect. A lot of people sitting there saying, man, we got the guy out front. That's going to own this. Cool, cool, cool. But after that, you know, publicly take it publicly, my issue publicly. I'm, I'm sorry. This happened. 
won't happen again. Privately, why did this happen? What can we do to get better? I messed up. And that's what he's saying, right? It's the same thing. I think Giannis has got to sit there and he's owning it. He's the face of the organization. The coach is the face of the organization. GM is the front of the organization. What happened and why? How can I get better? How can we get better? It's not a failure. Jordan didn't win an NBA championship nine times. He did not fail nine times. But, you know, all these people that compare Jordan to all these other people and just sit there and say that LeBron's a failure or Kobe wasn't good enough or blah, 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 right? The reality is, you know, you're compared to that certain standard. And if you can't meet that standard, then everybody thinks you're a failure when that's not the case. So I, I appreciate, I really appreciated what Giannis was saying because it was a great leadership lesson. How do you take all of that and now circle back to your team? One, things are going to be rough. I would say this, as you're building an organization, as you are, you have elite team, maybe you have a bunch of teams. Elite teams, figuring out where complacency is, uh, the areas that we can get better, where areas we can improve. The teams that may not be as sound, but are getting there and making sure you're coaching them up. And then the new teams that have no clue. No clue what winning looks like, what it sounds like, what it tastes like, what it feels like, any of that sort of stuff, right? And they're just like happy, like, man, this, I saw this on a wall. Uh, not, I saw it on a wall on a picture on my computer, right? I'm probably on Twitter, right? I didn't see this live, right? The worst phrase in the English language is, it's always been done this way. We've always done it this way. And if Giannis is going to sit back and roll again, doing the same thing. I really appreciated what he said was we've got to develop better habits. The other thing I like that he said, and I don't know if I agree with it. So listen, this always gets a little longer, but I, I there's so many lessons out there for you and your teams. You just got to be aware of it, or you got to listen to my podcast. Every time it comes out, click like, click follow, click share. But I really liked this. It was, Giannis said this, listen, the Heat beat the Bucks, and one player went off. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets went off. Had 56, I believe, one night, had 46 maybe last night. They could not guard him at all. And Miami really only has one legit big-time score, one. The other guys are all complimentary-type players. And they couldn't shut one guy down with arguably one of the better defenses possibly in the NBA. They couldn't shut one guy down. Jimmy Buckets rolls those guys. Okay? So Giannis sits there in the post game, and this is where I don't know how I feel about this. You'll have to ping me. I don't know how I feel about this publicly. He does throw his coach under the bus. We didn't make adjustments. We didn't make the necessary adjustments. We didn't do X, Y, and Z. We didn't change up Drew Holiday off of him. I could have relieved him. He has sent, And then he says, I should have been guarding him more. And he didn't. So Jimmy Buckets goes off. He wins the series. There's that. But this is what he says. I respect the leadership 
and I respect the coach. And it's not my place. So I do what I am asked to do by my coach, by leadership. Is that you? I had this conversation an hour ago professionally. That is a sports story. And I had the same conversation without the sports story with people at my company an hour ago. I'm that. I am that. I am that in that I am Giannis. I wouldn't even say it publicly, but I'm sitting there saying, I'm going to do what my boss, my leadership, my head coach says, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make it work. I'm going to support that person being the lead sales guy. I'm going to support that, that release, that software, that sale, that shoot, whatever it is. And I'm going to make sure that stuff works and we win. That's one side of it. And I'm probably that side. And I wouldn't say it like I, that's my mental uh, narrative in my head. Like I'm going to make this shit work. Then there's this other side. I don't know what year it is. 2020, 2022. I don't know. The Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship. Win it. And I forget who they're guarding. I forget who it is. They're in the locker room getting Toronto. In the locker room. The head coach comes in and says, we're going to make some adjustments. And starts talking about how they're going to make the adjustments. Maybe what adjustments they're going to make. The guy's name's Nick Nurse. Their best player and their face of their organization, who's really quiet, and he says this, I'll tell you what the adjustment is that you're going to make. I'm guarding so-and-so. I'm checking him. End of adjustments. Now, two different things, right? Hey, it's not my job. It's the coach's job. I'm going to honor, respect, and I'm going to execute on what he asks. And then there's the dominant player that says now screw this i'll tell you what exactly what we're going to do i'm going to guard so and so we're going to shut this thing down and we're going to win an nba championship and that's exactly what we're doing and nick nurse goes yeah yep damn right we are let's go so there's two things to it you know there's sitting around taking leadership and then there's also the absolute complete ownership of i'm doing this who's going to stop the kid that just went on a 9-0 run against us, who's a sophomore, who's going to make that? Nobody? The eighth grader is. I got him. I'll tell you the adjustment we're going to make, coach. You're going to put me on him. I'm an eighth grader because the rest of these guys aren't saying a thing and aren't taking this game serious in April. I'll shut them down. Or whatever you do professionally. So what, what are the professional lessons on all this? I get excited about this stuff. What are the profession, <laughs> professional lessons on all this? I don't know which side of the fence you are comfortable with going from, I'm going to execute, I'm going to execute what my boss says and let's go to, I know, hey, this is what we need to be doing and we're doing it. Like, I don't know if you can say it that way. Maybe you have a boss like that. Hey boss, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing. Even if it's not on you. Hey, this is what we're doing. Like, and so-and-so is going to guard them. Right? They, like, 
sorry to keep hammering on this point. Last night, the Bucks lose, like I told you, to Miami. Miami's down by two points with like under two seconds to go. Maybe, yeah, under two seconds. I don't believe under a second. They're down two. The Miami coach draws up a play to win the game, and it's away from Jimmy Buckets. And Jimmy Buckets in the huddle stops and says, no, I'm the guy that's going to do this. Okay, shit, let's drop a new play. So maybe you're that guy. Somebody, maybe you're, maybe that's you. Maybe you're Giannis saying, I just do. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm telling you, I don't know the right answer. You better know your leadership. You better know your people. You better know your personnel. You better have a relationship. You better be connected. You better have the, uh, the pulse and the heartbeat of the locker room and of the audience and your team and your management. They better believe in you. Right? They better. Now, Giannis has the juice to sit there in the locker room at halftime and say, I've absolutely had enough of Jimmy Butler going off and I'm guarding him. Tell me I'm not. I am. He would have won that battle. Would they have won the series? Maybe. That's all team, leadership, motivation, belief, confidence, guts, ownership, competitive. Like all that is all in here. And those are the lessons. Like those are five lessons in in like three days from an eighth grader to an NBA all-star to Kawhi Leonard to a coach, right? How, how great of a leader do you have to be? And how comfortable in your own skin do you have to be to sit there in a huddle and have ego, acknowledgement, the press, the twi- uh, Twitter, and all this other stuff, right? To sit there and say, we're running this play. And to have somebody look at you and say, we ain't running that play. You give me the ball and I'm going to win this sucker. Because I'm the guy. I-, I think the kids say, I am him. I'm him. And to have the coach say, you are him. All right, let's rerun this play. Let's rerun this and we're going to you. How, how, gr- how good of a leader do you have to be? to have somebody stand up and say what he wants to say, but also for you to be humble enough, flexible enough, uh, and have the pulse of your team enough to be able to say, yep, that's what we're doing. All of these sports stories, one, they won't stop. This is what this is all about, and it's what I love. There are more leadership lessons in sports in, in, in the content that I consume that relates to sports, we could do a podcast every stinking day. And it would be really good for me. I'd get this juiced up every day. I'd battle the world. We'd solve problems. I'd get on a stage and be public speaking more. All this sort of stuff. All because of these lessons, right? I keep thinking the next lessons, like, the, like these are the best lessons. This would be my keynote. Um, there's a new keynote every single day. Right. But listen, I've gone a little over. We're at about 35 minutes. I hope you find value in that. I hope, listen, listen to those stories and understand it's a, you have to understand some things. Like, and I'm speaking to myself. So when I, I, that was pretty aggressive coming at you. One is, this is good for your teams. This is good for your kids. This is good for you. And I'm not saying my stories or perspective or passion or intensity or anything like i'm not saying you got to plug into this because it's me and blah, blah 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 all that right but those lessons right there are powerful 
There's no failure. There's no failure in sports. There's no failure in business. Because if you sit there and say you've got failure after failure after failure after failure, and Jordan failed nine times, at some point, the doubt comes. That was the other thing I listened to like at 5.30 this morning with a hot cup of coffee was Kobe Bryant talking about doubt and what doubt is and how you've got you to wake up the next day and you've got to grind because winning doesn't care. And you've got to roll in. You can't doubt yourself. And the more you look at the decisions, the execution, the results, the outcomes in as failure, then the more you will doubt yourself, the more you will feel you're not, um, not capable of those successes that you're delusional, you don't deserve it, you're not capable, you're not good enough, you're not resourceful enough, instead of saying, what, I mean, what did Edison say? Like, I, I'm sorry for such kind of stupid stuff here, but listen, Thomas Edison just said, man, I like, yeah, I messed up, I blew up 100 light bulbs trying to figure this out. I didn't fail 100 times. I just learned 100 ways that don't work. And I learned. And now, I, somebody would have come up with a light bulb eventually. But he was the one. I just learned a hundred ways that don't work. I didn't fail a hundred times, man. If I had failed a hundred times, I would have quit after 10. I'm not good at this. I'm not smart enough at this. I don't have the money for this. I don't have the knowledge to face. No, man, that didn't work, man. That didn't work either, man. That was, yeah, that sucked too, but I'm getting smarter. I'm getting better. I'm getting more resourceful. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to greatness without quitting without self-doubt, without failure. So I hope that hits you. Go to Twitter, type in Giannis Anadokounmpo, however you think that needs to be spelled, and you'll figure it out, right? And go listen to that. He's so frustrated with the question. I think he said that's just not a good question. It's not a good question. It's the, no, it's not what he said. He said it's the wrong question. It's the wrong question. Maybe the question should have been Giannis. What are you learning from this? What do you think your team needs to learn from this? What did you do well? What didn't you do well? How can you get better? What are you going to say in the locker room so your team gets going again? Those are all, that's not locker room stuff. That's not basketball stuff or sports stuff or golf stuff or soccer. That's running a team kind of stuff. So I hope that intersects you. I'm going to put this out immediately. Have a great rest of your week. I'll get into a better rhythm of these things. Work has been something. Um, it's been it's been exciting. It's been uh, it's exciting watching people get better. If you've made it this far into the podcast, I mean, I guess it would be a whole nother podcast. Man, I hope you find joy, purpose, excitement, appreciation, personal value of watching people get better and of watching people take ownership. So I had on a month, a couple months ago, I had on a guest that talked about quit using the phrase buy-in, George. It's not buy-in. It's ownership. Get people to, don't get people to buy-in. Get people to own it. Get people to feel like they own it, they're a part of it, and they're not buying into something you set up. But man, is it great watching people buy-in. I'm sorry. Watching people take ownership watching people improve, 
watching people get excited about what they're doing. <coughs> Listen, if you could like this, share it, comment on it, reach out to me on Twitter, reach out to me on LinkedIn. It is always appreciated. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast.